All right, we continue tonight our study on the attributes of God, and I hope it doesn't get old, but I repeat it frequently because I believe it. There's nothing more important in life than knowing God, and there's nothing that can help you have a great life other than knowing God. It doesn't mean if you know God well, life's easy. Life's hard for everybody, but if you know God well, you'll be okay. So every week we're going through a different attribute of God and even on the way here, Nance and I were just talking about um, what a blessing it is just to come together on a Wednesday night and to review an attribute of God. I could ask you your favorite one. I don't think anyone would give me this one, but I still want this to encourage you tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about God's wrath, and I'm following a standard systematic theology, so I'm not really putting my ideas into this, what order they come in, okay? Let's talk about God's wrath Again, I'm looking at three or four different systematics. Uh, one that's very warm-hearted is Wayne Grudem's. There are certain things he believes I would disagree with, but I still appreciate his warm-heartedness. He defines wrath this way. God's wrath means that he intensely hates all sin. So God intensely hates all sin. Let's just review this doctrine together. You have a handout with you tonight if you'd like to follow along. First of all, The Old Testament reveals God's wrath towards sin. And many of us are going through uh, Bible reading plans, and I encourage everybody to be on a Bible reading plan. There's not just one, any plan, well, just about any plan in my mind is good. Um, I do believe in planned Bible reading, but if you're regularly going through the Bible, whatever way you schedule it, as you read through the Old Testament, you are confronted with texts like this one. Exodus 32, 9 through 10. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people. Behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation of you. And as you read through your Old Testament, you come to passages like Exodus 32 and you're reminded of the fact that God is a God of wrath. He is a God who hates sin. Deuteronomy 9, verses 7 through 8, puts it this way. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that you left the land of Egypt until you arrived at this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. Even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath. The Lord was so angry with you that he would have destroyed you. So we know from reading our Bibles And and again, one of the reasons I think it's wonderful to read the Bible, the whole Bible, is you want to get a comprehensive picture of God. You know, you don't want to cherry pick and just read your favorite passages over and over again, even though we all have favorite passages. We want the big picture of God. And one thing we know is the Old Testament reveals that God is a God of wrath towards sin. Okay. Have you ever heard someone say, that's why I don't like to read the Old Testament? Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm more like into Jesus in the New Testament? I've actually read people that have said that. You know, I'm really not into the Old Testament, all this judgment on sin. Jesus is like gentle and loving and sweet. We all see the pictures of him, you know, somewhat effeminate, right? And just really, really a sweet guy. Um, We want to push back on that, guys, because it's true the Old Testament does reveal God's wrath, but God's wrath is not limited to the Old Testament. We do have a New Testament, and our New Testament also reveals 
that God is a God of wrath, right? We've worked through Romans not long ago, 118. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Apart from God's grace, all people right now today are actively pushing down. They are suppressing the truth and they're doing it in unrighteousness. God is angry with them and he has every right to be so. You say, wow, that sounds kind of challenging. That's Romans. That's Romans chapter 1 in verse 18. And then we're working through Hebrews, so I decided to use this one. It says in Hebrews 3.11, as I sworn my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now, the reason I picked this one is that's a quote from Psalm 95.11, as I put up there. And it's easy to get to Psalm 95.11 and say, aha, that's God in the Old Testament. But the writer to the Hebrews is not quoting this historically. He's quoting it to apply it to his readers. And he is saying, just as God has been wrathful against those who fail or refuse, would be a better word to believe, that continues to be true in the New Testament time. So my point just simply being this, if somebody were to say, I'm not into the Old Testament because like God's really angry, I like the gentle Jesus New Testament, you, you really haven't read your New Testament very thoughtfully, okay? So we want to be careful. God's wrath is not limited to the New Testament. Number three, we all deserve God's wrath because we all are sinners. Now, I want you just to think about that a little bit. Do you really believe you deserve to go to hell? I was talking to somebody about this just this past week. I mean, do you really believe that you deserve to go to hell? I was, in my past, even before I was a believer, you know, raised Roman Catholic, I believed in hell, never really thought about it. In my mind, Hitler maybe, right? And then I learned more about people like Joseph Stalin. I'd say, okay, so now there's two guys going to hell. And, and I would think to go to hell, maybe you had to like hurt babies. You know what I mean? Maybe, okay, so maybe those people would go to hell. But everyday kind of nice people like us, you know, why would we deserve God's wrath? And it took me a while to understand, of course, after I became a believer, guys, the key is not the sin you commit. The key is against the one you committed. Our sin is horrible, not because it is in and of itself horrible. I've never done what Hitler has done. I've never done what Stalin has done. But even the smallest sin is against the holy God, an eternally holy God. So because I sin against an eternally holy God, I deserve hell. And, and, and I hope you give that some thought because in my mind, you'll never truly rejoice in your salvation until you honestly believe you deserve to be burning right now under God's wrath. Because salvation is just not a big deal until you realize what you really deserve. We all deserve God's wrath because we're all sinners, even though I acknowledge we all haven't done what Hitler's done. But remember, the smallest sin is against the holy God. Ephesians 2, 3, among them too, we all formerly lived, before we were believers, in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And here's the key, we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. That's just within us, 
That's part of who we are. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. So every one of us, we are sinners and we deserve God's wrath. You say, okay, so what do we find encouragement in? Number four, those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ are saved from God's wrath. I mean, it's awesome to wake up every day and think, I'm supposed to be in hell, but I'm not going. I can't think of a better thought every morning when you wake up. I can't think of a better thought every night before you go to sleep. Here I am, it's bedtime, and I'm supposed to go to hell, but I'm not going. Those who trust in Christ are safe from God's wrath. John 3.36, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So right now, today, if I'm not believing in the Son, I don't have eternal life, and God's wrath is actively on me. If I could tie this to Hebrews real quick, guys, do you see yet again that believe is present tense? Who has salvation? And I'm still having some wonderful conversations. I had another wonderful conversation this week. Some of our people are struggling with Hebrews. And I'm glad for that, to be frank. It's a, it's a letter we all should struggle with. That if you know Jesus, it's not because you believed in the past. It's not because of a decision you made. If you right now are going to heaven, it's because you right now today believe in Jesus. And if it helps you, Dr. Custer is the one who made this clear in my life. He's the one who showed me in John chapter 3 that the verbs to believe are present tense, not past. Your salvation is not tied to a decision you made in the past. Your, decision, your, your salvation is tied to a relationship you have in the present. As I say to my students regularly, I believe I'm going to heaven. You know how I know that? Because right now, today, I believe in Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my God. He died on a cross. He rose again from the dead. That's what I believe in. And I don't even have to tell you what happened when I was 18 years old. I know right now today that's what I believe, and that's what the Bible teaches. If you believe in the Son, you have eternal life. But what if you don't obey the Son? And by obey, they mean believing. Then you would be under God's wrath. So think about the joy that we're not under God's wrath because right now today we would say we believe in Jesus. Romans 5, 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. And there is a wrath that is coming and it's horrific. And yet if your faith's in Jesus Christ, you don't need to be fearful of that wrath. Okay? So the Old Testament, yes, it does reveal that God is a God of wrath, but That's not limited to the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament as well, number two. Number three, we all deserve God's wrath because we're all sinners. Four, but those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ are saved from God's wrath. Last one, number five. Number five, believers can rejoice that Jesus has satisfied God's wrath against them. And there's that word, you know, I like so much, propitiation. Jesus has satisfied the wrath of God that I deserve. Okay, Um, God the Father sends Jesus Christ to satisfy his wrath against me. That's 1 John 4.10. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he, the Father, sent his son, Jesus, to be the propitiation for our sins. 
I deserve the Father's wrath, but the Father sends Jesus to the cross. He dies in my place. And then the Father's wrath is satisfied on the person of Jesus Christ on the cross so that I could be forgiven. And it's absolutely awesome. Thinking of God's wrath ought to warm our hearts because right now, today, I'm supposed to be in hell. And I know some of you might say, Greg, I don't feel it. All I know is I'm going to pray one day God will help you feel it because you'll never really rejoice in your salvation until you feel it. But once you feel it, you'll really start giving God praise for your salvation because you'll be thinking, man, this is where I'm supposed to be and I really feel it. And I'm not saying the feelings make it real. I hope it's real enough in your brain that you do feel it and then you really rejoice that there's no wrath left for you because of one person, Jesus Christ, and he satisfied the Father's wrath. I hope that will encourage all of us tonight. Let's